Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South Podcast. My name is Connor O'Gara. He is Chris Marley. Chris, I'm not sure what to do with my hands because we're not talking about any football today. Yes, this is the SEC Basketball Tournament Preview Edition of the Saturday Down South Podcast. You ready to roll? I'm in over my head. I love it. Uh, the bracket is set. How many brackets have you have you filled out for the SEC Tournament so far? I have just mountains of research and gambling uh, advice I've been trying to seek out for this, so um, I'm already just crushing my women's bracket right now, so I'm nice. pretty pretty excited about the men's one next week. boy. Well, there are no shortage of storylines for the men's uh, the men's tournament that's going to be in St. Louis, much to the chagrin of many, many SEC fans. The heart of the SEC. St. Louis, yeah. Eat some good barbecue while you're there, though. I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, listen to Nelly. Yeah. And avoid avoid crime. Right, right. Avoid the Cardinals, too. They're, they're the worst. Um, he doesn't speak for everyone. I do. Um, so all the big storylines in the SEC tournament, of course, we've got to start with Kentucky, the team that's won this thing three years in a row, uh, trying for a four straight SEC tournament title. You know, everybody was talking about Kentucky kind of being back to normal. And we're going to get to this later. We did an interview with Joe Cox and he, he provided some great insight on Kentucky. Um, but you know, Kentucky gets whipped by Florida over the weekend. And that was after, you know, it had this winning streak. And now maybe Kentucky's looking a little bit more vulnerable. They get the four seed. What do we think of Kentucky right now? So I'll tell you what I think of Kentucky because they were a six and a half point underdog yesterday, which I thought they would cover and did not. Um, <laughs> they had won four games in a row by double digits or more. Uh, they would scored over 80 points in every single game. They looked like they had finally figured out how to beat Kentucky again. It, um, but that did not did not play defense like a Kentucky team at all in that game. No. No, and and no team. Well, they're football, like their football team, right? Right. So, there um, there's not been a single team in the SEC that's been dominant all year. I think Tennessee's probably been the most consistent team throughout the year, um, but most teams have had these you know big swings, like two, three losses here, a couple wins there, but no one's played well on the road. So you kind of saw that coming. It'll be interesting to see on a neutral side uh, where how they'll I guess look. And how they're going to regroup after getting like their asses handed to them by Florida. Absolutely. And, you know, I think Cal kind of told, told media, he's like, I actually see this coming. I think this is a possible letdown game given what yeah. we've done and given... He should how- not say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It, but he kind of like hinted at that, circled the water. I don't know the exact, the exact quote that he used, but he was basically saying, yeah, we're going into a really raucous atmosphere. This is still a team with all freshmen and starting lineup. And Florida's playing really well right now. There's a chance that we just get blown out. And, of course, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> Can you imagine if, if Kirby Smarter Saban like, had like their Monday press conference? They're like, yeah, I had a good weekend. Not really looking forward to Saturday because we got to go like on the road at Tennessee. And like we're probably going to lose. What are the other questions you guys have? <laughs> I would love to see that. I would love to see Saban one time just say, yeah, I think we're going to lose this weekend. I think right. uh, I don't think the it, entire state would go into panic mode. Right. <laughs> and I don't think Calipari said that exactly, but he kind of was hinting at the possibility of that. So now Kentucky enters and gets that four potential 4-5 four matchup with Mizzou. And that would just, in my opinion, that's that's the matchup of the tournament potentially if you have a situation in which Michael Porter Jr. has a big return. Oh, um, he's this guy. Uh, he's actually only played two minutes of college basketball, so you probably don't even know who he is. It's overrated. Yeah. Um, but number Somebody two. should do an overrated chant as soon as he comes out. Oh, he's, man. <laughs> guy has no numbers. He's terrible. Yeah. I don't yeah, his stats far. have been pretty bad. I don't understand why he was the number one player in the country. That being said... Uh, I hope he. I hope he plays, just because I can't stand to hear about it, about him possibly playing anymore. I've never been so invested into Mizzou basketball. I mean, his back issue, his back injury that's sidelined him since his, his since his college debut has been such a big 
topic of conversation just around the college basketball world. Is he going to play? Is he a game-time decision? ESPN comes out with a report saying that the plan is for him to play in the SEC tournament. We don't know necessarily what that is, um, what the plan is going to look like. And even if he does play, you know, he could be limited. Yeah. <laughs> is he going to score 50? I got like... <laughs> I mean, he scored two points in two minutes, so his efficiency rating is okay. off the that, chart. Yeah, that's so, fair. Just saying. Uh, that's that, that could be a great potential matchup. And the, the Porter Watch, so to speak, and what this has become is... <laughs> Porter Watch, Porter. Is, is that a thing? Is that a thing? It, Panda Watch, I, just like the Porter Watch. Perfect. Same thing. Uh, I, I don't think it, we should really compare like a college basketball player to a zoo animal that is that's really fair. adorable, but um, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, Mizzou is this this really intriguing team, and, you know, they kind of get the home court advantage. What do we expect to see out of the Tigers that maybe we haven't seen recently in this kind of, like, flux stage of is Michael Porter Jr. going to return so, or is he not? I, I think if he returns, that's obviously a big difference maker for that team. But Mizzou has been pretty inconsistent, like, again, most of the year. I mean, there's they've... They've been very trendy, I guess, recently, simply because of this player who has not been in a single game. That being said, like this is the same team that lost at home, lost at home to Ole Miss, the worst team in the conference. Like, and this is on the like two days after Andy Kennedy resigned. So, I mean, they've been pretty. They they gave up twelve points in roughly a minute and five seconds to Mississippi State earlier in the year at home, and almost blew that game. So they don't finish well. They don't have a lot of good guard play, and there's not a lot of leadership. So they need somebody like Michael Porter, I guess, to come in and kind of take over because they don't have a go-to guy. Cassius Robertson, Jordan Barnett, just guys that aren't necessarily – they haven't necessarily been, like, relied on to be the, you know, mains, you know, 20-point-a-game right. type of guy. They're not going to necessarily take over. Um, Mizzou, though, very intriguing for, for Kentucky. I bet Kentucky yeah. fans are pretty nervous about that possibility of getting to face Mizzou in the first round. The team that everybody seems to be talking about is the Cinderella story in the SEC. Oh, here we go. The Auburn Tigers, man. I know you love it's, hearing about the Auburn Tigers, but... It's just like it's just like their runs in like in football, if you look at it. I mean, No, like, it's not. It, Auburn football against, is a preseason uh, top 10 team. Not every year. I'm saying like, like the 2010 years, like... Every single time something would happen, you'd think it would kind of derail them. They would still just show up and win every single week. Anthony goes out. They still, I mean, they've, they've kind of like struggled a little bit without him, but like Bryce Brown comes in, scored 29 yesterday. You know, they had the FBI stuff. Doesn't phase them at all. They end up winning the, the regular season. Well, they were co-champions of the regular season. But what an incredible job by Bruce Pearl. Real quick, can we talk about what a great name Anthony is and how Anthony Hardaway yeah. is definitely like the originator of the he's the real OG of the name Anthony and I love that. Well, I think that. Anthony, Anthony's probably the real OG of, of Anthony, but No, 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 no. Anthony. I'm not talking about Anthony. Oh, Anthony. okay. I was totally off on that. Yeah, no, way off. Child of the of the nineties. I live in Orlando. Penny Hardaway, that's my guy. Whatever. Who's the man? Um, yeah, no, I mean, you make a lot of great points about the fact that, like, Auburn has just been this team that you just can't keep them down, and they sort of crawled their way to the finish line. Yeah. Of course, they were down, I think, what, are they, what were they down, 14 to South Carolina in the first half of that game, and they're able to just somehow get a share right. of the SEC title. It's a tremendous story given what they've been through this season and this cloud that's hanging over the program. It's, it's fascinating to see... Um, just that they've embraced this. They've embraced this mindset. And we talked about it earlier. There hasn't been that one dominant team in the SEC, but right. Auburn has kind of been the closest thing to it, just not as of late in the last two weeks. Right. Still get the one seed in this tournament, and they're ultimately the favorites going into this, as weird as that sounds. But I think the biggest reason why is, that, is they're an actual complete team. 
And I mean, they lose their their star player, their best player, but then, like you have people step up in his place, like Bryce Browning. I mean, they're I think they're the most complete team in the conference, hands down. SEC preseason poll, not too kind to Auburn, not too kind to Tennessee. But <laughs> they nailed it. It worked out. Auburn was given a, a, a 12% chance to win the SEC, while Tennessee had a 4% chance. So, yeah, not so much. Of course, both of those programs make history. Auburn gets first SEC title since 1999. Tennessee gets first SEC championship in 10 years. And now these two teams... Might not even, I said it before, that they are the favorites, but, like, are they? Kentucky, Florida, the way that Florida's been playing down the stretch. I, I think probably Vegas is probably going to have Kentucky and Florida as the two emerging favorites. Um, but I don't feel like many people are really giving Tennessee the credit that it deserves. Convince me into why Tennessee can win this thing. They're the most complete, or they're not the most complete team. They're the most consistent team throughout the entire year. There haven't been a bunch of swings for the most part. They swept Kentucky for the first time, like, ever in the regular season. Uh, they beat them at Rupp. They also have, I think, one of the best, if not the best, bodies of work in the entire conference. And just realize, as a Bama fan, this is a lot for me to be saying. This is a lot. Um, is. They've been they've been great. Like, you know, they had close losses against Villanova, uh, UNC. Um, but they've also had, again, like, a win on the road at Rupp is not easy to do. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Vegas because I did some research. Um, oh, they, you, you, the gambler, did a little bit of research. I know, right? That. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Uh, they don't have the updated odds, but they had the odds from as of February 26th. So I'm sure these will be different uh, mm-hmm. a little bit. You'd be a little bit surprised. Tennessee is getting some credit. Uh, they are four to one. Wow. Auburn is three and a half to one. Kentucky, of course, is five five to one. Now this is what will be interesting to see if, if it changes because this has Mississippi State fourth. Fourth best odds to win the tournament. Ooh. Mississippi State. Yeah. So they are 7-1. to one. And they don't exactly have a great... Uh, I, I mean, they got to play LSU. They'll beat LSU, I would assume. Uh, then you got to go either play Tennessee and or Florida. Or Arkansas. That's, like, that's the toughest side of the bracket. But that, that just sort of speaks to the fact that the SEC has been so wide open this year. There is not yeah. that one dominant team. It's not really going to surprise anyone if a non-top-four seed makes a run in this tournament. We got to right. we got to that with our uh, our interview with Joe Cox and and talking about some of this stuff is 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 interesting to think about the the dynamics of the of the conference and how eight teams potentially could get into the NCAA tournament. But at the same time, you're kind of going into this thinking, well, the SEC doesn't have a team in the top Who's ten right good? now. <laughs> Who's good? Like. It's weird because football dictates it in such a different capacity that basketball does, and I think we're we're sort of everybody's sort of waiting on the SEC tournament to actually determine who the premier team in yeah, this league so, is. So we can start talking about basketball like we know what we're talking about. Because I mean, when I first saw this, I was like Mississippi State, like women's basketball, like they right. would probably have a seven to one chance to win on the fire. men's tournament. Yep. Um, but you know, like in the fifth best odds, I mean, Bama and Florida both at ten to one. Go figure. Which is crazy because they're ahead of Mizzou, they're ahead of Arkansas and A and M, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Mississippi State will, like, they just have such a tough possible schedule to get through there. I think something like Tennessee or Florida or maybe Arkansas will probably, probably get through there. It'll be really interesting to see a lot of action from St. Louis uh, to, to provide more knowledge on this subject because, you know, we're football guys. That's what we are at heart. But Joe Cox, I don't even know what RPI means. Yeah, I have no idea whatsoever. Ratings, power index, is that what it is? No, I have no idea. I think it means run the ball. Oh, they run, just messed the up the abbreviation. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, so we brought on a guy who knows a little bit more about basketball and, and, and you know the Kentucky landscape and all this stuff. Um, Joe Cox, we did a great interview with him. Uh, before we kick it to that interview with Joe Cox, 
Um, we've got to talk a little bit about uh, our good friends over at Ticket City. Uh, Chris, you know our good friends at, at Ticket City. I do very well. They're great. Yeah. No, we, uh, we've got a lot of listeners who are going to be going to the secondary ticket market to try and get some tickets in St. Louis. Um, you know what they should do. And our listeners, we know that that's you. We're talking to you right now. Look no further than Ticket City. Ticket City is the quickest and easiest place to go for your tickets. They have the cheapest tickets, and all of their tickets come with a 100% Ticket City guarantee. All of our listeners can get $20 off their SEC tournament orders today. That's What? That is 10 less Thomas Jefferson's that you have to fork over. What? That's a two dollar bill. Is that real? Is that $2 okay? Bill. There it is. Look at you. The often you're, overlooked. At some point, bill. you're gonna run out of currency currency references. I'm gonna get to pesos in about two weeks here. I was gonna say do something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all, all you need to do to get that twenty dollars off, go to TicketCity.com, find the best tickets for your game, enter the discount code SDS20 while checking out. That's SDS20. So go to TicketCity.com and save on all of your SEC tickets today. Now, without further ado. Here is our interview with Joe Cox. We're excited to be joined by Joe Cox. Joe has written books about Kentucky basketball, and he did freelance work covering the Cats for a few different outlets, including SDS. Joe, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, In March, everybody's doing great. (laughs) Amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, Joe, I think we all came into the weekend thinking that uh, Kentucky was kind of back to looking like Kentucky after winning four in a row by, uh, by double figures. Instead, the Cats got run off the floor by Florida and didn't look anything like one of the nation's best teams. Which Kentucky team should we expect to see in St. Louis? Well, uh, that's always the question with this team. They, they're consistently inconsistent, so uh, another outing that doesn't fit into any kind of pattern or scheme makes perfect sense with the course of this season. Um, Kentucky's one of those teams that's going to be giving people headaches this coming week and next week because, you know, they could go out to St. Louis and lose that first uh, quarterfinal matchup, uh, or they could win the whole thing. They could make the big dance and lose as a, as a five seed to a 12 out of a mid-major conference, or they could end up in the final four again. Neither, uh, None of those scenarios are outside the realm of possibility. And, you know, they could ditch the SEC tournament in the first game and then do great in the NCAA or vice versa. Uh, There's absolutely no telling which team you're going to get on any given day or week. Um, When you say Kentucky uh, is going to give headaches to, I guess, is it more than just their fans that are going to be receiving these headaches? Is it going to be like other teams? Like, I keep waiting for them to finally (laughs) kind of get together. Um, And because, honestly, I was looking at the, you know, the seeds, they get a they get you know a first round bye. They have to play on Friday still, which is you know not too bad. They have to play on Thursday for the first time in like ever. But how does the all the whole tournament set up for them, or do you think it sets up better for a, a different team? Like I think Arkansas is a, a pretty good route. Yeah, Arkansas doesn't have a bad route. Kentucky was lucky to back into the four seed and the, the buyout of Thursday, like you, you say. Um, you know, the the funny thing about it is up until yesterday, there were still so many moving parts with the schedule uh, and where teams would end up. But Kentucky doesn't have a bad trip. Uh, and honestly, I'm looking very much at the game that Kentucky is going to play against probably Missouri. Uh, you know, the, Missouri's another team that could do anything. But I feel like the team that comes out of that 
Kentucky and probably Missouri matchup is going to have an excellent chance at Auburn in the semifinal. Uh, so, I don't know why we bring up Auburn. Like they're going to go ahead and just coast past Bama or A and M. Yeah, yeah, that that's a fair point too. This this Auburn team has been kind of bipolar in the last two or three weeks, and you know when when you get to buy, it looks like a good thing on paper, but the opponents played another game, and a lot of times comes into that Friday game, you know, kind of with some momentum behind them. It would not be at all shocking for Auburn to fall into the winner of that eight nine game. Joe, obviously this tournament belongs to Kentucky until someone can stop the Cats, um, you know, having won three in a row. You know, four-seed or not, many will perceive them as the favorite. Besides just having superior talent, let's talk a little history with Kentucky because that's obviously what Kentucky fans love talking about. Why do Cal's teams always seem to thrive in this tournament setting here? Well, a lot of it is a function of the calendar. Uh, if you played the SEC tournament in the preseason, as Calipari has uh, advocated on occasion, Kentucky wouldn't fare very well. Uh, But his blueprint for a lot of his teams is struggle in December, struggle in January, and by this time of year, you know, have a pretty dialed-in identity, have a pretty tight rotation, and be in position to play three games in three days and fare pretty well with it. Um, That said, this year it's still very much – chaos in terms of rotation. What are you going to get out of a Hamadou Diallo? What are you going to get out of a Nick Richards? Uh, And that makes it a more daunting situation for Kentucky than it has been in previous years where sometimes they come in as a, you know, a three seed, a four seed, something like that, and and do well and win the tournament. Uh, Kind of piggybacking off that as well. um, History would obviously show us that, like any time I, I live in Atlanta, every time this, this tournament's in Atlanta, the entire city is covered in blue and big blue nation just kind of takes over. Is anyone besides Kentucky fans, are they going to travel to St. Louis? Cause I'm not a hundred percent not sure why we're going to do it in St. Louis. Yeah. I, I'll be interested to see that. And it's one of the reasons I've got Missouri circled as a, as a really tough matchup for Kentucky. Obviously there's the, the mystery of Michael Porter uh, hanging over that game. Uh, but the other factor in that is, you know, Columbia is about 100 miles from St. Louis. If anybody's going to travel, you would think it would be the Missouri fans. And, again, you've got the intrigue over Porter. And Missouri's a, a pretty good team, a team that's going to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, I would expect Missouri to travel well. I would expect Tennessee to travel pretty well. Uh, but, yeah, until – somebody shows up with a massive amount of fans, it's going to be a lot of blue, you would certainly think. So no Vandy or Ole Miss fans coming out in in droves? (laughs) 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 Uh, You you know, the the fun ones are the Wednesday night games because it's it's like who who can come to see an 11 seed play the SEC tournament? Those those are the ones. You really see the fan base. You know, last year I think there were about eight people from LSU and uh, in Bridgestone Arena, and, and you know I just I wanted to go shake their hands. I was impressed with their fortitude. <laughs> it's got to just be all the moms of players just bringing like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and orange slices to their kids. Yeah, you you could hear individual hecklers at the Wednesday night game. So it was kind of like uh, back, being back in high school. <laughs> well, you know, a guy. 
circling back to what you were just talking about with Michael Porter, the mystery hanging over him, whether or not he's going to be able to play. Let's set the over-under for games that he plays in this tournament at .5. Are you taking the over? <laughs> oh, this whole thing has been the, the craziest, you know, is he going to play? When is he going to play? Well, now he's going to play. Well, maybe he's not going to play. They, they sound like they're going to play. And from Porter's standpoint, I think by appearing this late, you don't have much to lose. If he goes out and, and he only plays 10 minutes a game and he doesn't look very good, I, I don't think the NBA people are going to be put off by that. Uh, I, I expect him to play. And, and, Frankly, I hope we see more of him sooner rather than later because, you know, what what's the real issue in the SEC this year? In a lot of ways, it's parity, and part of the parity stems from the fact that there is no clear-cut A number one player. Well, that's the guy. If he's right, he could step into that role this coming week and totally change the complexion of the whole tournament. I think for everyone's sake, we all hope he plays because – it has become like the Tebow minor league baseball thing. It's like, okay, we get it. He might make it. He might not. He's most likely not going to play. Um, but hope is for Mizzou's sake. Porter does play. Uh, kind of going off what you said about so much parity being in the conference this year, the SEC, traditionally obviously known as a football conference, has done really well in basketball. You projected seven or eight teams in the tournament. Where do they stand in comparison to some of the other Power 5 schools uh, in, in big D1 conferences um, around the country? You know, I feel pretty good about it. Last year was such an aberration in that the SEC was down. That was the narrative going into the tournament. Everybody knew it. Uh, I actually had a really great conversation in Nashville with Wimp Sanderson and Dave Odom. And to their credit, I said at that point, guys, why is the SEC so bad? And they said, well, the SEC isn't so bad. You've got a lot of coaches who are still feeling their way. Uh, they're going to be all right in the NCAA tournament. And then, lo and behold, you get five teams in, and three of them end up in the Elite Eight. And South Carolina is everybody's Cinderella. And, you know, it's going to be a very different dynamic this year. Uh, they need another South Carolina kind of team, one of the, the teams that uh, is kind of below the radar that's not going to look real great in St. Louis, uh, needs to, to come in the NCAA tournament and maybe make this week 16 again uh, for the SEC to be able to long-term say, you know, we belong on the same level as the ACC, as the Big 12, as the Big 10. Uh, I, I don't think one good tournament puts you there, uh, but if you follow up last year with this year getting more teams in and having them actually perform well, you know, maybe you can start advancing that argument that, that we belong with anybody else. Joe, that's a good point that you make about a team like South Carolina that can make a, a Cinderella-type run. It's been sort of a Cinderella-type season for Auburn, given the ineligibility issues, the FBI investigations, you know, this cloud surrounding the program, and you know, even the, the latest injury to, to Anthony McLemore. Just all this, this stuff that keeps happening to this team, yet they somehow find a way to win a share of the conference championship in the regular season. It kind of feels like they're the little engine that could are they a team that's peaked, or do they do, do? When you look at them, do you think that they there's something that could potentially have something left in the tank that could still make a run here in the postseason? You know, very divided in that. I'm impressed with Bruce Pearl as a coach. I'm impressed with the things that Auburn has done uh, to get them to this point in the season. I feel like the things that they do well are skills that translate well into March success. 
but at the same time, you know, one of the things you've always got to circle back to is how does a team play coming in? And Auburn is falling all over themselves. And they, they really did seem to just defy logic in that whatever terrible thing happened, they just went ahead and kept winning games. Uh, but that's been a struggle the last few weeks. The, the big thing, it, it's kind of funny, if you sit down and take a look at it, um, Auburn very much goes the way that Bryce Brown goes. If you look at Auburn's losses, Bryce Brown has a bad game pretty much every time out. So if you're going to circle one thing as, as okay, here's my Auburn key, watch Bryce Brown. If Bryce Brown puts together a couple of 20-point games, then they could go deep into the NCAA tournament. If he goes out and has six, uh, it could be an early exit. You say Auburn's kind of fallen over themselves late in the season, and obviously they had a rash of injuries to, you know, their best player. However, that being said, I don't think any team in the conference, which most most team or most of the teams have been completely inconsistent the entire year. Alabama is the opposite of peaking at the right time right now. They've lost five in a row. I'm a Bama fan. Talk me up the ledge and tell me why they have a possible chance at at least advancing to Friday. Okay, here, here's your scenario with Alabama. In March basketball, big players make big plays. And I said earlier the SEC didn't necessarily have that clear top dog. I'll reverse course here and say to the extent that there is a top dog, it's Colin Sexton. And he could go off. You could see him put together the kind of tournament where he just puts Alabama on his back and carries them. And in a wide-open field, you know, having the the guy who you can put the ball in his hands and let create offense, that's that's immeasurable. That being said, if he can't lead them, do you think Tua can come in at halftime possibly and lead the team to victory? <laughs> that makes up the question everybody wants answered. I I would not bet against him on anything. I just uh just set him up around three quarters court, tell him to, to put some air <laughs> under it. It's gonna go down. Alley-oop. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that. Uh, Alabama, you know, not a not one of the top four seeds. You know, we haven't even really dug into Tennessee and Florida. A trendy, maybe a trendy pick would be to to have Florida winning this thing. Um, but give me a team that's not in those top four seeds that could make a run. Make you know, like what South Carolina did in the NCAA tournament last year. Who's a team that could make a run that's outside of that top four that you could see cutting down the nets in St. Louis? I really do like Missouri, and, and maybe I'm, I'm crazy to buy in again on the Porter talk, but I think that could be a difference maker. They're in their home state. Uh, they're going to get a Kentucky team that's going to come in off the bye, whereas they will have played a game. Um, I really think if they got past Kentucky, they could get past Auburn, and you know, in the championship game, anything could happen. Um, that's one. You, you've got to like – Arkansas, just because that backcourt, uh, having the kind of guard play that Arkansas has, you can't count them out uh, from any matchup. And, you know, their side of the bracket is really weighted with other guard-heavy teams. There's no, you know, Texas A&M to come in there and bully them. So I, I like the way an Arkansas would match up with a Florida, with a Tennessee. So they're another team that uh, that has a pretty good path. I kind of like Tennessee, honestly, uh, to take the whole thing just because throughout the season, they've, they feel like they've been the ones that have challenged themselves and had like the, the best victories. They swept, I mean, swept Kentucky for the first time in forever. Um, what are their chances or a team like Florida even kind of advancing? Like, what does it do for them to win this tournament 
and project onto the uh, the actual NCAA tournament. You know, I think too, that either or both of those teams could do very well. Florida certainly, you know, put together a very good run last year. Um, and, again, it's another one of those teams I feel kind of like a broken record here. The things that Florida does well, much like the things that Auburn does well, are just skills that translate well. When you've got four guys in the game who can shoot threes, you get what they did to Kentucky. Uh, there aren't a lot of teams that can – you know, spread out the way that Florida can, that can create the offense, and yet value the ball. I mean, the, the, the Gators had the fewest turnovers in the league uh, by a pretty decent margin, actually. And, you know, they're, they're veteran, they're scorers at every position, uh, and as long as they don't run into a team that can beat them up too bad under the basket, they're dangerous. And Tennessee really does a lot of the same things that Florida does, uh, just – for much of the season, actually did them better. What a what a great job Rick Barnes did. I mean, we talk about Bruce Pearl, and it's amazing. Right. But Bruce Pearl had talent. Rick Barnes just scotch taped this team into a share of the the SEC championship, and I, I can't speak strongly enough of that. I don't necessarily feel like they're a great tournament team just because of the lack of experience. And the fact that having that great year, I think there's going to be a little bit of a tendency for them to kind of rest on their laurels. And maybe they're a team that it wouldn't be the worst thing to have them go out and get upset in the SEC tournament just as a means of focusing them in for the NCAAs. Right. All right, Joe. Last question for you. We've been circling it, but now we need it. Give me the team that wins it all. Well, the team that's going to win the SEC tournament, I really, really like whoever comes out of Kentucky and Missouri. Uh, and I think they'll have a little bit more in the tank than Florida in the title game. I don't know who that is. I think that's Kentucky's biggest challenge. If they can win that first one, if they can avoid the, the Michael Porter super jinx here, I think Kentucky's in decent shape. Uh, but if Missouri can get past them, I think Missouri can, can surprise some people. Um, that's my SEC pick. Down the line, I want to throw you three for the NCAA tournament. I'm not going to say an SEC team. I'm going to gonna go wide scope here. Uh, three teams I like. you got to like Villanova because they just show up and do this every year. Uh, Xavier is a team I think a lot of people are overlooking. And if I'm going to take a power conference team in a tournament that looks like a complete toss-up, give me the guy who's the maestro of X's and O's. Give me Tom Izzo and Michigan State. Oh, nice. Wow. That, that's that's going out there. I, I appreciate that. I didn't even <laughs> ask for th- – I, I don't even know. I probably didn't word that correctly. I said win it all because the SEC tournament's all that matters, so I, that's my way of saying <laughs> win it all. Um, but I love it. Joe Cox, going above and beyond for SDS. We really appreciate that, Joe. Thanks, guys. We'll do it again. Excellent. Sounds good. Take it easy. Enjoy the rest of the week. I'll do it. You guys take care. Thanks to Joe for joining us. He thinks the winner is coming out of that Mizzou-Kentucky game. That was the big takeaway that I had uh, from that. Ah, There's a lot of other stuff. Joe's tremendous. A lot of insight. A lot of stuff that we probably didn't even know. Um, But Joe was... You know, we we got him, we kind of got him on the the prediction track, and that's what we're going to go right now. I want to talk some predictions here. And first, you know, this is as uh, as much as we talk about who can potentially win this thing. Uh, the SEC tournament is huge for the bubble and what it does for the landscape of college basketball. I want to know your team that's on the bubble that can have a big weekend and boost itself into the tournament, the NCAA tournament. That is. 
I am going to get uh, probably ridiculed for this uh, and called a homer, but I genuinely mean this. Oh my. I'm trying to be unbiased. I think Bama. No. I really do. Okay, first off, don't say it like that because <laughs> I understand they've lost five in a row. I understand that, that uh, literally three weeks ago they were tied for the fourth place at the conference and now they're the nine seed, and they're opening up with a team that they just lost to yesterday. However, that being said, I feel like the bottom half of the bracket – Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas is loaded. I, Kentucky's been inconsistent. Missouri, you know, like we talked about, I'm not sure if they're going to get Michael Porter back. And Auburn is without their best player and kind of sputtering to the finish line. I honestly think Bama can beat A&M. I think they could maybe get by Auburn. I understand what happened when they played uh, there a couple weeks ago, but it's the same Bama team that already beat Auburn when they had Anthony. So I honestly think it should be Bama. That being said, they'll probably ruin all of their chances with some ridiculous fourth or they're, they're probably going to blow it like they had the last five games, but fingers crossed. Okay, so our next thing that we were going to go to was our team that's on the bubble that watches its bubble burst, and my team was Alabama. So I'll just get into it now. Of course it was. Um, of course it was. Yeah, I yeah, kind of hedged my bets on that. Um, to think that Alabama is going to be able to look like a different team throughout this tournament is tough for me to stomach, given the fact that they've lost five in a row, and given the fact that Texas A&M is a very tough first-round matchup. I mean, this is a team that was a top-five team. Like, yeah, and then they have beaten by 21 Exactly, they were top five. Exactly. But times have changed. A&M has won three in a row. Uh, you know, they scored 81 at Auburn without Anthony Macmore. Like, or right. with, what, when he was on the floor, rather. So, I mean, this is a team that, you know, is still able to light up the scoreboard. They're still able to... Um, potentially have that upside of running through the table. I think that not only is, is Alabama in for a rough first-round matchup, or first-game matchup, so to speak, but I think A&M is a team that could potentially, uh, that's sitting on the bubble, that could easily make it into the tournament. You know, with a, I think they, they're probably already in, but they're still kind of on the bubble by some experts. So I think A&M is a team that could potentially knock off Alabama, um, send the Crimson Tide un- home unhappy after what's been uh, just sort of a roller coaster season, as you know. I mean, I, I want to say I respect that opinion, but I mean, but you don't. You never. They're just do. words. They're I know. I, I always do. But this is if you watched the game yesterday. I mean, there was almost like there was not a fight, but there was some physicality going on at the end of the game. Both these teams are going to be super charged up to play, and you know, again, it's a team that they've already beat once. We'll see. We'll see what happens. My team, uh, the biggest bubble about to be burst. I think it's Mississippi State. I mean, they're already okay. on the fringe. Uh, they they haven't really gotten a lot of love from the national uh, pundits in terms of like any kind of bracketology, and, and they're projecting them in. I mean, Syracuse lost uh, at home this week by one. Mississippi State just keeps winning, and nowhere to be found. Still in the first four out. Syracuse still moves up a spot, actually. So I think they have a tough route playing Tennessee, and then they still have to play Florida or Arkansas. So I think it's probably got to be LSU too in the first round. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't have a quarterback, so. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. What's, what's Coach O going to do to win that game? Come on, let's be honest. Come on, now. Y'all come down. Here, y'all dribble the ball. Over there. Gosh, your Coach O imitation is so So good. good. I, I would love to hear him talk basketball. Oh, it'd be great. I, I don't know <laughs> if he would know, like, understand the difference in, like, what the three-point line is. I feel like he would just, like, want it. it it's it's all just feed it to you, big man. Feed it to you, big man. I can't yeah. do it as well as you can. But I, The thing is, though, like, I mean, if he explained football to me, like, breaking down X and O's, it would sound the exact same as him breaking down like a a, a one three one zone. Absolutely, yeah, I have no doubt about that. And I love how we've said, I, well, I said I shouldn't 
put your name into this as well. I said at the top of the podcast that we weren't going to talk about football today, and I think we've transitioned every <laughs> I knew that single <laughs> subject to football. Um, we're just Get back football, to my comfort zone. Hey, we're just football guys in March, whatever. Um, so, okay, so we, we've kind of, we, we went through, you know, those, the, the routes for Texas A&M, for Alabama, Mississippi State. Um, I want a double-digit seed who can win the whole thing. We talked about that with, with Joe, a team outside of the top four, but a, a team that's a double-digit seed that's got to play, you know, a million games to win this thing, got to play five games to win it. Give me, give me a team that can do that. Georgia. Uh, Kirby Smart is pretty <laughs> nah. good at game planning. For that is true. Um, no, I, I think it would be Georgia. I mean, like, you're not giving me a lot to work here. Uh, it's I mean, one of four teams. It's not going to be, well, it's not going to be LSU, I don't think. Um, I, Ole Miss is so bad, just so bad. Um, and they have a, a brand new coach now uh, for like the last three games of the year. Vanderbilt, they, I would say Vanderbilt if they were playing at home, because apparently like Vanderbilt playing at home in basketball is just like Iowa playing at home in football. It's, there's just some weird magic juju going on there, and they're just tough to beat at home. Um, I would say Georgia, they've, they've, you know, they were up 24 uh, against Auburn earlier in the year. I mean, they didn't win, but that was so impressive at the time. To, be, to, um, to have a lead is impressive. Yeah, they beat uh, Bama by 21 at least. They beat Tennessee a couple weeks ago. So I think it's a team that, you know, they, they have some talent. And Mark Fox, he'll probably be fired after, after this year if they don't advance. But uh, I think they're the best out of the bottom four. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit cliche here. South Carolina. Um, Why? <laughs> just in case you missed it, there was a special on Frank Martin on SportsCenter on Sunday morning that I watched that was incredible about this, this, the miracle that he went through just to survive 12 years ago when he was an assistant coach at Kansas State. And it was unbelievable. And I so, did not see this. Yeah, no, it was, it was an incredible story. Actually, they even said like on the special that uh, I think it was the Kansas City Star was the only outlet that reported on this at the time because nobody really knew all this, these problems that he was going through. He had all these crazy issues. And it just sort of made sense when you thought about the run that South Carolina went on last year. Having said that, I understand that this is like a totally different team, not like what Chris Silva is like their only one of the they're basically like one of their top five scorers back from last year's team so I understand that it's not very likely but there are certain teams and certain coaches more specifically who just know how to win in tournament settings they know how to turn around a game plan really quick and given what this team did less than 365 days ago I feel like in terms of double digit seeds you can do a whole lot worse than you know than hitching your wagon to Frank Martin that's true that's a good pick yeah all right, so I'm going to double down with that one. Um, we're talking, we've talked mostly teams so far. Now let's get to the individuals. I want a, a guy, and we talked about this with Joe as well, a guy who can take over this tournament. I think I know where you're going. Can I guess who you're going to go with for your SEC tournament MVP? Are you going to go with Colin Sexton? No, I'm not. I'm All not because right, he, he has not been great over the past uh, few games. I mean, he's, and he's not, a, like, he's not one of those, like, prolific scores where he just can he's dangerous from all over the floor inside outside i mean he's more of like a get to the foul line type type uh, point guard where he's gonna like dribble drive try to get to the basket and then you know get to the foul line but he's also not been great at free throws lately i'm gonna go and this is gonna pain me to say it bryce brown auburn wow i mean he's he's an incredible athlete also from sun mountain georgia just like yours truly yep that's, um, that's where it is but he's I mean, he's a very good player and he was kind of you know getting overshadowed a lot um early in the season but you know ever since the injury i think that like again he had 29 points yesterday he's gonna have to be their go-to guy 
And a lot of times in, in, I think in March, whether it be the NCAA tournament or the SEC tournament, it's not always, not always the best team. It's somebody that's going to put you on your back and get through and just kind of show out like the, the rest of the year. You know, we're talking about six, six, seven games the rest of the year. And you got to have one guy be the guy. And I think Bryce Brown's the guy. It's not a bad pick, actually. I was kind of, I was thinking about going that direction, and then I came back to the exact direction that I started. And I'm going to go with uh, a guy who has improved tremendously throughout the course of the season, maybe the most improved player in the SEC, maybe the most improved player nationally, and that is Shea Gilgis-Alexander, a guy for Kentucky who has just been tremendous throughout this season, has developed into this this point guard role at 6'6", where he can do so many different things with the mid-range game, um, just makes the team around him better. And when he goes, I think Kentucky goes. Everybody's going to talk about Kevin Knox and, of course, with the stuff about the FBI. He's kind of like the target guy. But I just have a feeling that, that Gilgis Alexander is going to come up huge for this team. People forget that he like basically willed them back to that win against Vanderbilt when they had no business winning <coughs> that game at home. And he just comes up with 30 points and you know makes the two free throws at the end of regulation. I, I think he is a guy that is tremendous in what he can do and he opens things up for others with his ability to penetrate i think right. he is the the straw that stirs the drink for that for that team cal even came out and said i think he said this like you know middle of last week that he was asked who, who his best player was i mean he he's got all these five stuff <laughs> i'll tell freshmen. you all the worst players are yeah he can do that but he's you know just alexander he's the best player this guy's been putting in work coming in doing the early morning workouts all that stuff and it's, it's paying off i think he is the difference in this tournament so you went with a kentucky player Go with the Kentucky player. And Based that, off his win against Vanderbilt. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's a good pick show. because they, they uh, you know, outside, maybe the Florida game was an outlier. I mean, like, before that, they were on a roll. Again, four straight games, over 80 points, and they, you know, looked like they were back to being Kentucky. So, I mean, I think everyone's kind of waiting. And we talked about this earlier, the parody in the SEC. Like, there hasn't been, we could say it's parody around the country. There hasn't been one dominant team, like, nationally, Throughout the whole year. That's true. So it's it's I think everyone's kind of waiting around like okay who like who are we supposed to know that's good? Exactly. You know what I mean like it's, is it is it North Carolina? Is it Villanova? Like the people like the same teams have been in the top five the whole year. Is it Duke? I think everyone's kind of waiting around to see like who's an actual good basketball team. And you know same with the SEC. Like we're just kind of like all waiting with bated breath if Kentucky's going to show up and be Kentucky and just do what they always do in March. So that's going to lead us into our, our final topic, our final prediction, our most important prediction. The WNBA championship. Yes. Who you got winning that? The Atlanta Dream. The Mystics I'm going to go with. <laughs> I like how we both just fired off an actual answer immediately. The Atlanta Dream have come up short a couple years in a row, but I mean, yeah, I think they're champions. All right. well, the Mystic. The Mystic are the best team in the WNBA. You watch the WNBA. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, I just threw that out there. Oh, that's pretty impressive. Somebody's gonna challenge me. I hope somebody challenged me on that, like an SEC fan on Twitter is like, "You idiot! You don't know what you're talking about." Yes, (laughs) that'll be job well done. SEC champs, who you got? Tennessee. Going with the Vols. Going with Rocky Top, despite the fact that they don't have the experience. This is a team that wasn't picked. No, I'm I'm throwing the preseason. No, I mean, yeah, they had a four percent chance before the season started. I I just think that they've somehow slid under the under the radar. for the past couple weeks, because again, you know, everyone's talking about Kentucky, and now Florida has this like one win against uh, Kentucky at home, and everyone's talking about how Florida might have a little bit of momentum. Before that, it was Arkansas um, before they got blown out at home. I just think Tennessee's been the most consistent team throughout the year, and you know, I, I would rather have that instead of all the swings, the ups and downs like most of the other teams have. 
probably the mo- best coach team in the SEC besides Kentucky. Maybe. Oh yeah, Butch Jones. Absolutely. Of course, it comes back to football. Um, I think I think Tennessee makes it to the championship. I think they lose in the championship to Kentucky. Oh. I think year four. I think it's gonna happen. I think we're looking at a Kentucky team that got exactly what it needed against Florida. I think they needed that humbling experience. This is a team, as we've said, with all freshmen in the starting lineup, and they what? think that they're on top of the world after you know a nice little winning streak, and they beat up on some you know some inferior SEC teams, and they come into that Florida game, and it does exactly what Cal hoped it would right. do, and it humbles them. And I think they come into this tournament, and they play better defense than they have all year. That's maybe the thing that's been different about this Kentucky team compared to teams in years past is that they just don't really defend the way that others no. do at, at all. And I they think, don't think they bought into Cal's system as much as the teams in the past. Yeah, like they, they didn't come in with a, like a mindset and a mission like, you know, we're the we're the best team in the country. We have the best and most talented team in the country. We're going to go out here and win. I think defense is is such a big effort thing, and I think with guys who are so long the way that Kentucky is, right. I think that this is uh, a situation in which they crank it up a notch. You're looking at a team that's going to play tremendous defense throughout the tournament. I think, you know, given what I already said about Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I think this is a team that's finally kind of figuring out what it wants to do offensively, even though the Florida game was rough. And right. I think on a neutral court, Kentucky fans end up, you know, taking over just as they always do. Always. They are in the easiest side of the bracket. I mean, it is, it is a very, it is a very, like, bottom-heavy bracket. Yeah, it could be. And for the for the sake of the SEC, and I wrote this last week, shameless plug. It took a long time to get <laughs> me to, to the shameless plug, but I did eventually. Um, you know, I wrote this last week about why would it be good for the SEC's brand of basketball if Kentucky won this tournament because no. national reputations aren't changed by Cinderella stories. Right. South Carolina, if South Carolina doesn't go to the tournament this year, nobody thinks of South Carolina as like a worthy power to Kentucky. And it's an important thing. You know, we talk about with football all the time. Alabama's competition is what makes the SEC what it is from a football standpoint. Right. And until the SEC, until SEC basketball has that, and even a team like Florida, which has had these moments, uh, until a team like Florida can sustain that year in year out, um, this is still Kentucky's to lose. And I think it's going to be Kentucky's tournament. No, well, that's that's fair. Like, we'll see who's right, and then right after that, we got to learn about all these other teams. I love it. Hey, we're, I gotta figure out who Saint Bonaventure is. Uh, the Bonnies. Is that real? Is that real? That's that's real. I'm pretty sure. Go <laughs> How look do you that know up. that? Hey, I went to college. We'll just say I went to college <laughs> at a school where basketball is very prevalent. Um, I not in the SEC, so the, take away your homework cards. I did not go to an SEC school. I went to a school where they had a basketball program, and let's just say their football was a bit of an afterthought. You um, are you are just a bad influence because we're both getting dragged down with this. Now people think I'm not from the South too. I know. I love it. Hey, you're not from south of the Mason Dixon, apparently. So I don't even know what that is. Yeah. I've never no, I, I think I think it should be uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm hoping that I don't have to fill out another NIT bracket because it's really hard to get an office pool with that. And another? Dan always ends up getting beat in the second round anyway. So, Wait, what do you what? mean another? Like, yeah, we do an in, no one else has an NIT. I love gambling, Connor. We've talked about this. Oh, that's true. What about the CBI? Is that still a thing? Do they still do the CBI tournament? I don't even know what the CBI is. Is that yeah. a show on, on CBS? Like, Probably. Yeah, give it some right. time. I bet it will be. Yeah. CSI, New <laughs> CSI. Orleans. Yeah, there you go. That's been on like 20 years. Um... That was great stuff. That was fun. Uh, talking talking basketball. We're going to be talking football in the middle of the week. So here's how our schedule is going to line up. We're going to have 
our normal, regular football and whatever else we want the to do. The SEC podcast, yeah. The S, you know, normal SDS podcast that's going to be on Wednesday. And then we're going to preview the NCAA tournament and talk about uh, the events that transpired in the SEC, SEC basketball tournament to get to that point. Uh, and that's going to be coming out next week to preview the NCAA tournament. I'm excited. We've got a lot of sports, I, like actual I sports you what, coming up here. This is my favorite time of year. This is the best time of year because you have spring training. It's about to be like opening day for baseball season. The Masters is like about a month away. And then you also have the uh, March Madness. There's so much gambling. Yeah. There, but there's, there's, there's so much stuff on. T- there's so much stuff on, finally. I don't have to pretend like hockey anymore. Hey, I watched a lot of the combine this weekend. It was oh, great yeah. stuff. It We're definitely going to hit that on Wednesday. I can't wait for that. Oh. Also... Um, next week, I'm trying to think. We have uh, the game start on Tuesday, correct? Games for yes, for for the SEC tournament start on Tuesday, correct? No, for the NCAA tournament. So we or should no, have a no, winner. SC, actually, I should preface that SEC tournament starts on Wednesday. Don't take my right. advice. I don't know why. I'm In the following Tuesday. week, we'll have a, a like I guess Sunday the 11th. We'll we'll finally have a selection Sunday. Yeah. So we're almost there, guys. Guys, we're almost there. And then pretty soon we'll be talking uh, full swing spring football again, and only spring football. Yes. Pretty soon. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, thanks again to Joe Cox for joining us. He great insight. Hopefully, he's going to be coming on in the very near future uh, for for Chris Marler, for myself. Just remember that one important thing, Chris. What do we need to remember? It just means more. It just means more, baby. Thanks, guys.